Welcome to uh, another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Ellen. I'm Kevin Dillon. Victory! KC, good to see you. What's, good up? What's up, fellas? Good to be back. We are going to talk Gary Busey, a lot of Gary Busey, <laughs> and a lot of episode six, season one. Busey yeah. in the Beach. Boy, he was great in that episode. Uh, he was amazing, and, and it wasn't called Busey and the Beast till he really took over the episode. So we changed the title after it was Busey shot. Busey in the Beach. Busey and the Beach, like oh, Beauty and the Beach. Okay. Like yeah, Beauty and the Beast, gotcha, you know? Gotcha. So, oh, I didn't know that that was the... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I real clever. Clever writers on yes, this show. Yes. I'll tell you that. And later, we have Gary Busey coming into studio, yeah. which I'm scared to death. Because He's going to be great. He's gonna I be have great. anxiety thinking about his arrival. I know him well. I see him out in Malibu all the time. He's, he's going to be awesome. Well, I'm glad you know him well because he doesn't know me at all. Because I <laughs> called him. I called and said, hey, Gary, Doug Allen from Entourage. We'd love to have you on this show. And he said, who? I said, Doug Allen, I created Entourage. You did four episodes in the movie. And he again said, who? Which is similar to what happened at the premiere of the Entourage movie. He came up to me and said, how do I know you? I said, from this, we worked <laughs> on it together. And uh, Once he sees you, he'll recognize you. It'll be great. I don't think so. He also had really? no idea who Kevin Connolly was as well. So I said, uh, I'm doing the podcast with uh, Connolly also. Who? Dylan was the big name. It's Doug Ellen. We did Entourage together, and uh, Kieran gave me your number. I'm trying to get you to do this podcast with us. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't sore. I can't understand you. Your yeah. name is Doug Allen, and you worked with what, Entourage? Yeah, I created Entourage. We did that, the show and the movie together. I'm doing the uh, podcast with Kevin Dillon. Do you remember Kevin? Oh, yeah. Well, well, no, yeah. And Kevin Connolly is doing it as well. Do you remember Kevin? Hang on a minute. Hang on. I'm writing down things. Okay. Your name is Doug Allen? Yeah. E-L-L-I-N. I created the show. A-L-L what? E-L-L-I-N. Okay. Now, who's Kevin Conley? What did he do? He was one of the stars of the show. Which one? He played Eric. He played who? Eric. Who? Earth. E, e we called him on the show, but he... Like the planet Earth? <laughs> a little bit, but E... Well, I never worked with him. He was like out of the picture for me. I worked with four guys consistently. Do you have a car to pick me up? Uh, we do not. Fuck. Might, is somebody going to be there with me? Meaning what? Like who? Meaning Kevin Dillon or Kevin Conley. Both of them will be there, yes. When I said it's a Kevin Dillon, name, bro. When I said Kevin Dillon, <laughs> headliner for you. Listen, I avoided Gary Busey. I love him and and I respect him, but I avoided him at all costs. I don't blame him for not knowing me. I I, I stayed well, out of his He used to chase you around and possible. play tickle and pee all the time. So. He did. He, he had a weird thing. He tickled me. It was weird <laughs> for a forty year old man at the time. Well, we're going to have to come up with some strategies because I'm telling you, I feel it. Gary Busey, he's not going to leave. He's going to enjoy it when he gets here, oh, no, and he's no. not going to want to leave. So we're going to send Stock Tip camera. Dave. We're going to send Stock Tip Dave to pick him up. Yeah, okay, but how? I don't think Stock Tip Dave is big enough to carry him out of here. So we may need some. <laughs> we may we may need Grenier here to get him out of here. You know? <laughs> yeah. By the way, we've had some stories like in the, this in the past where we've had to avoid people. Kevin, do you do you remember this with uh, what happened with Derek Jeter? <laughs> you know, I don't cheater. know what you're talking about. When did we have to avoid Derek Jeter? Of course, we didn't have to avoid Derek <laughs> Jeter. But uh, you know, remember this. This is such a crazy story. But but Jeter was hurt, and uh, Jerry and I get a call. Do we want to come to the Yankee game and then go to a party with the Yankees after? Which was it was odd. an off day for the oh, Yankees yes. the next day. I heard day. this story. This <laughs> right? is good. This which is good. was obviously a, a pretty weird thing. But anyway, Derek is out, but we get there with this guy who claims he's best friends with Derek and he knows all the Yankees and he's calling Jerry Turtle and he won't call him Jerry no <laughs> like matter what. Like next level obnoxious style too, right? Like it beyond was... funny. Once it's a joke and eventually it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. It right? was unfucking bearable, okay? And we are then... 
We're sitting front row, and uh, you can't even see Derek. If he's in the dugout, I have no idea because he was hurt. But you can't even see him. And this guy just starts yelling to the field, Derek, <laughs> Derek. I'm with the entourage guys, and, and we're humiliated. because Also, the, too, I wasn't there. No, you're not the there, which you come into play in an incredible way because this is going on, and like uh, Jerry's like, let's just get out of here. I'm like, yeah, but this guy's taking us to the Yankees party. Like, we want to go hang out yeah. with Clemens yeah. and Jorge and everybody, you know? So uh, we, we sit in for a minute. Again, this guy keeps yelling shit, embarrassing us and whatever. All of a sudden, the phone rings from New York. It's Kevin Connolly. <laughs> and he says... I just got off the phone with Jeter. You got to lose that guy. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's Jeter's friend. He's like, he's not Jeter's friend. You got to run and you got to get out of there right now. He's not Jeter's friend and he's not invited to the after party. So after the game was over, I said, Jerry, all right, let's pretend we're going to our car. And this guy's like, you don't want to come to the Yankee party? And I think he thought we were going to get him there. But anyway, we ditched him, went to the Yankee party, one of the, the great nights ever by the way where you know clemens did karaoke nice. and as i recall jorge said oh i don't want to hear about the next episode i like to watch him live which was pretty cool nice. but kevin Connolly introduced you guys to that guy i have no idea i really don't somebody did and somebody told me he was best friends with the yankees it wasn't even like he was best friends with Derek. he was just best friends with the yankees Derek Jeter, I believe his code name was Johnny Chase. Like when he stayed in a hotel. Really? He went under the name Johnny Chase. Kevin, can you Kev, confirm right? that? You've heard that. I, I asked him. Listen, I can ask him. I don't, you know. I've I, asked him personally. Me, you want me to? All right, go ahead. You can confirm right it. You you Let's yeah. go live. You I, guys I, continue yeah. on. I would <laughs> love to hear that. You know, I do know Paulie D from Jersey Shore. <laughs> he used the Vincent Chase model. Oh, is that right? I saw it on the show. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, now, obviously, Derek Jeter would be more exciting, but it's yeah. still. No, no. You know, I had to ask him about that because I heard about it. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Every once in a while, you know, we have situations and you got to lose somebody in real life and in in the business. So Gary Busey, we got to come up with a strategy. If he doesn't want to leave, maybe we pull a fire alarm. Maybe we call in a fucking bomb threat. I don't don't know, Kev. Any ideas? But we're not getting stuck all day with Gary Busey because we're giving him four hours, which I think is... is Four hours. That's a long time. That's a long time. Now, we'll see how it goes. Anyway, I'm actually excited for Gary. Yeah, no, he's going to be great. Yeah, he really is. Let's get into this episode, which um, to me, Emmy nominated stuff for Kevin Dillon. You are so good Thanks, in this Doug. episode. You really are. And this this episode introduces Adam Davies, who's going to be your agent. Jordan Belfi is yeah, great, phenomenal. Great, great. And I just I love we open up, you know, with you guys in the office. You're in a suit, which, yeah. you know, did you ever wear a suit to a meeting in Hollywood? No. You know, Kev- uh, maybe for an audition, if I was playing, a, you know, Wall Street type guy or something. Kev Connolly? Well, I am more of a businessman than yeah, so we, we, Kevin Dillon. We saw on so, your yes, Instagram. Worn, yeah. uh... Instagram moniker, uh, Kevin Connolly, businessman. So drama goes in for this agency meeting, and I wanted to discuss with you guys. First agency meetings, do you remember, like, your first agent meeting and, and how it was? Were you at all prepared? Did they yeah, call I, had, you? I actually had to put up a monologue for my first agent meeting. So I was a nervous wreck. What was this? What do you mean? Like they? they it was uh, Indian wants the Bronx. Was it was a little monologue from that play, and just to see if I, they would take me on. So I had my pick of the litter. So I was. Just, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you started acting when you were two, <laughs> doing huggy commercials. <laughs> Wait, I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know anything about this. So did someone recommend you to an agent, and then they said, "Come in and do a monologue." Yeah, I, I met. I met a guy at one of my brother Matt's premieres. I think it was. Uh, 
I can't remember, maybe The Outsiders, right. one of those big ones. Yeah, small and, little movie, uh, The Outsiders. And he's like, hey, are you interested in acting? I said, as a matter of fact, I am, because I did a school play. I played Petruchio in The Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> and love uh, loved the reaction. I loved the laughter that I got. Right. Decided that's what I want to do. Wow. And, uh, so the guy said, come in, have a monologue, come in. be prepared. I, I met him. I came in. I did put a jacket on because my mom said, oh, you should put a jacket on. Wow, that's very cool. So and- I came in. He gave me a playbill. Indian wants the Bronx. Said, do this monologue, worked my butt off on it, came back and delivered. You know, Doug, obviously you guys always did a great job of taking the real Hollywood stuff and making making it real in the episodes. We were shooting one episode and it was the one time we showed up on the set and I was like, I don't know, man, this feels over the top to me personally. And it was Nike. Apple, Vincent Chase. Remember that? What episode? Yeah, was that? I mean that was later on, but but oh, that was right. We fire Ari, and we're meeting other agents, and we go into an agency, and there's the big screen, and it's like the Nike symbol, the Apple symbol, and it's like Apple, Nike, mm-hmm. Vincent Chase. Yeah. And I was like, man, these guys are fuck, man. We're we're pushing it here, yeah. you know. And then years later, I was changing agents, yeah. and I went into an agency, and there was something. Eerily yeah. similar yeah. Well, to I'll, what you guys had done. I mean, I'll tell you two things. I mean, A, it was possibly a little bit ahead of its time, but that is, you talk to any mm-hmm. big star or athlete right now, that's what will happen because they're yeah. basically, you're becoming a, a brand and a conglomerate. You Did know? you see so, the movie yesterday? I they had I a scene saw that was yeah. like that. Yeah. Where well, he they walks had, in and. Yeah. This was the start, though, where you go to Adam Davies. This is a line that people, I see memes all the time oh, yeah. with Dylan, which is, uh, we, you know, we got to get you back in the game. Back in the game. I am the fucking game. <laughs> and again, it, 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 by it, the way, that is a good one. That's got to be right up there with victory. No? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I do get uh, I, I get asked to quote that one a lot. You know, but it's a it's a really realistic scene. And I think for actors, writers, directors in this business, what I find interesting about it was that there are moments drama was a guy who was on a bunch of shows before this. These guys all lived yeah. with him when it started and now he's fallen apart. And before Entourage, I had made a movie. Kissing a Fool, million-dollar movie that Universal picked up, released around the world. Here we go again. <laughs> Kissing a fucking but, fool. But for I, the love of God, every episode, we got to do eight minutes on Kissing a Fool. But I was offered— We understand I was Kissing all, a Fool got a big release, bro. No, but it, did, it didn't do well. I was offered all sorts of shit, and I turned it down. Yeah. And then two months later, the movie comes out. It doesn't do whatever business they expected this movie to do because they released it like a— st- I couldn't get a job. And three months later, I was debating going back to law school. So it's pretty wild. After working in the business for 10 years, buying a house, having children, all of a sudden you're going, what the fuck? Have you guys had moments in your career where you thought this is the end? Been up and down the whole way. Right. So what's well, that's been, why it's called a career. It's a total you know roller, I mean? roller coaster. If you're going to be doing it for a long time, yeah. you're going to have that inevitably. Yeah. But I'm talking legitimately thinking your career is over and it's time to, which is drama story in this, and it's completely realistic. You're on a series, and the next thing you know, and Jerry talked about it, he went from doing some TV shows to going back to being a waiter. And so while it may seem over the top, this guy was on Melrose Place and Viking Quest and this and that, you really thought your career was done. And yeah. So did you have a moment like that, and when was it? When's the last time? I have to, well, the yesterday. last time would be after the Entourage movie, Ken. I have to, <laughs> I was like, it's over now. I have to interrupt, Kev. You told me the greatest story, and it's about in the same sort of universe, but one day, Kevin, Dylan, and I, whatever, it's between takes. We're sitting there. We're bullshitting, and we start talking about Guns N' Roses. It's my favorite band. 
of all time. And yeah, something yeah. in Kevin says something along the lines of like, Psh, yeah, why don't you ask uh, Axel and Slash who was picking up the tab while they were trying to finish Appetite for Destruction. Right? <laughs> Kevin says that. And I go, wait, listen, what? listen, listen. And I go, what? Exactly. I go, what are you talking about? He's like, ask him. Right. And I was like, you know what, Kev? I think I'm going to do that. About a year later, I'm at a party and it was at some hotel on Sunset Boulevard. So when you come out into the back, there was a pool. I was on the other side of the pool. All of a sudden, I see this guy walking out of the pool, and it's Axl Rose. And nice. he's, a, he's, a, he's a rock star, oh, yeah. right? So the, the, the seas part for him, and he and I lock eyes, and here he comes around the pool, and he's coming for me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to ask him. And before I could even ask him, He's like, tell your boy Dylan I said what's up. He's a maniac. <laughs> yeah. So is that true, Kev? You were yeah. running with those guys? I was. They were all living in a tiny little apartment in Hollywood, and they hadn't made it yet. But they were still a great band, and I knew but some guys. they were guys, working on the album. They were working on the album. They already had all the hits, and they were starting to build. They were growing, but they didn't have any cash. <laughs> so we would go out to, like, IHOP, and, uh, you know, I had to pick up the tab. That and then I had to pick up the tab for, like, Axel. You know, he'd be grabbing the whipped creams and, you know, getting. <laughs> Sucking was, the nitrous yeah. out of the whipped creams. But My good buddy, Del Miranda, who actually worked for the guys, wrote some of the songs and wrote a book about them as well. He's from my hometown, one of my old buddies. But also, too, he gave you those props. Yeah, that and, was cool. That was and cool. He, and I, I know when people are bullshit, he wanted me to, like, give you a virtual hug. You yeah, know? that was cool. That was cool. I saw him fairly recently, a couple of years ago in, in Vegas. They got back together, and it was great, great so show. So when you were hanging out with them. Update, update, Derek Jeter. <laughs> Here we go. I said, so... Okay, I'm doing a podcast with Kevin Dillon right now, and he claims when you were on road trips, you would use the alias Johnny Drama. This can't be true. I hate to break his heart live on the air. <laughs> to which Derek Cheetah responds, it is very true. Oh, All exclamation points. Wow. Ha, ha, ha. Now, can you, can you just tell Derek Jeter that he should have gone by E because Dylan is a <laughs> fucking Mets fan, okay? Which is embarrassing. Hey, I'm horrible. a huge Jeter fan. Though. Yeah. You not I mean, be? I love Jeter. Yeah. How Absolutely can you not be? Wow, that is, okay, that's yeah. breaking. That, wow, yeah, that yeah. just was See? confirmed. That, that is breaking news. Oh, I thought I was going to get my heart broken there. I thought so, too. <laughs> I, I feel like I would have heard that before. I mean, two amazing <laughs> things just happened. One, we learned that Derek Jeter, the, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, uses a thing from our show. And two, we learned that he actually responds to Kevin Connolly text That's messages. That's cool. That is oh, cool. I, I'm going to tell you right now that Derek Jeter and I are friends. How about I, I, that? Well, clearly. Because, <laughs> by the way, Connolly tried to get Grenier to respond to him last night, and fucking, we're still no. waiting 12 hours no later for yeah, you know, We get a, a quicker response from Jeter than Grenier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just Which sad. is sad. <laughs> it is sad. But anyway, we love you, Adrian. We miss you. Hopefully we do. We'll, we hopefully do. we'll see you soon. Okay, so Kevin Connolly. What's the low point of your career? Like, where was a moment where you're like, maybe I'm not going to be an actor or in this business? And well, I'm after go- that big wheel commercial, you had a little <laughs> lull. <laughs> no, listen, I, I think to what I think to what to Kevin's point, always after a big job is when it feels like it could be. Well, you just don't know. I mean, listen, unhappily ever after, whatever, say what you want, but I did a hundred episodes of that show, and that was a hundred paychecks. Right. Yeah. For a 20 year old kid, that show was very good to me. I bought my mother a house. Right. So nice. you were okay financially. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was, of course, God forbid, like we were on the WB, so it was different than network money. Right. But mm-hmm. it, regardless, it was a nice thing, but it ends. And then your last credit, I remember walking into a, an audition and it was for the producers. And the casting director kind of mouthed to me, Are we mentioning Unhappily Ever After? Like, 
<laughs> as if wow. you didn't want to. Right. And it's like, uh, well, I don't know. You, you, I don't know. I guess not. doesn't sound like you think it's a good idea. Right. So maybe we should skip that. But there's that after a long job, you do a, a long job. Yeah. There's a, there's a moment where you go, okay, what could be next? Cause to Dylan's point, you know, you, you get locked into one thing for a long time and we've yeah. been fortunate enough to have long running gigs. Yeah. There's that moment. That's the thing. You know, somebody actually asked me on a podcast the other day, if you guys are typecast and I said, everybody's typecast until they hit that next role, you know, that works. And, and Kevin Dillon is a perfect example of that because there's no one on the cast until you're not. Yeah. Right. There's, the, yeah. you know, it's like, I was talking about Woody Harrelson, like cheers was my favorite show. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. he gets natural born killers with Oliver Stone. And I'm like, is this a joke? Woody from cheers is doing natural <laughs> yeah. born killers. And then of course you're like, okay, this guy's one of the great actors in the world. And yeah. you know, goes on to a 40 year movie star career. So Everything is the right time and the right place. And guys who, which again, as I'll say it over and over, five guys on this show and the rest of our cast are amazing actors and have done roles for 20, 30 years, but some things last longer. I would also add that I don't have any regrets or concerns. I'm happy to always be connected to Entourage because, you know, it's been so good to every aspect of my life. So I, I, and we've talked about it. I I don't, I don't give, I don't give a shit 1% what people think. They can typecast me. Not, I don't really care. I wouldn't change a day. Me neither. Me neither. Best job we ever had. But I told you, Doug, all along, I said, I'm going to get typecast for sure. Like Johnny drama. And I, but, but to Doug's point, until you're not, yeah, something's yeah. going to come around and the Something, right thing someone's will happen have and you'll see, bro. Vision and uh, take a chance on me. Uh, <laughs> right? uh, it wouldn't be taking a chance. No, it wouldn't be. I'm going to have vision. We're going to find something else to do because uh, with both of you, because I love you guys. Johnny uh, Bananas, bro. Johnny Bananas, yeah. yeah something yeah. like something like that. And we'll do we'll do an animated thing that's not connected to it, but we'll do something for sure. But um, back to the show. So you leave Ari's office and drama is devastated, and these guys have to deal with it, which. You know, I love the way you guys do deal with it because you kind of pick on them, but it's still uplifting and best friends. But we get to this art thing with Gary Busey doing this <laughs> fucking weird art and making these weird speeches. And it really plays into the whole show of this fish out of water, oh, these man. New York street kids who just don't fit in with this pretentious world of L.A. You know, and we have uh, Josh Labar comes in, Josh Weinstein. Well, so, yeah. Doug, is that where we use Dylan's real old headshot? Uh, no, no. no oh, that's, that's coming up. That's, that's in the Apple <laughs> store, I think, right? In yeah. the Apple store, but I think he, we do it in his cubicle at some stage, too. We, yeah, that, that cracked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, you, yeah. that was a I, photo I found shot. the, it was you a know. Bruce Weber kind of yeah. photo. That was, or that was like your result. headshot that you used when you got the blob. Yeah, <laughs> also, too, the other thing worth noting about Busey and the Beach, the episode as a whole, it was pretty much a coming out party for our comedic actors. Yeah. Dylan and Piven, eh, you know, they there were sprinkles of it all the way around leading up to it. But I think by the end of episode six, we solidified our comedy. For me, watching it now after years, I love the emotional core of it more than the Mm -hmm. comedy. I think the comedy is great. I really see it as a dramedy and I always did which was you know it was a little bit of a fight with HBO because they wanted straight comedy and I Nobody's wanted to bring home the laughs you know yeah well you, there were plenty of laughs yeah. but I'm saying the emotional core of it was this guy who thinks his life is basically over and also the yeah. artistic choices that that Vince and Eric want to do this thing and can they really trust Ari or not and I think that's I think that's stuff that goes on in the business and in life and whatever business you're doing isn't this the episode too where he really stands up to Ari too yeah is that he yells at him. They say yeah, he's growing. Really. Yeah, I don't think yeah. they meant physically growing. I think they meant emotionally yes. growing. But 
I don't remember. I haven't watched the episode. You stand up to Ari a lot of in this things. episode. I do a lot of things yeah, uh, here at Action things. Park Ke- Media. So Kevin I did not is... watch Busey and the Beach preparing for this episode. <laughs> but I do remember the beach scene. And I remember Doug was somewhere in the morning and Doug shows up on set and Adrian was wearing that green hat. What the now, fuck was that when you watch the hat? episode, <laughs> you don't even think about it. But Doug said to me, why <laughs> yeah. would you let him wear that hat? I'm like, there me? Were, there were a couple of wardrobe situations where you would flip out over a shirt. Like, that's I, a terrible I, shirt. Listen, got, I, still, the whole thing. I still hate that hat. I don't understand what it is or why he's it wearing it. It was just a very bright shade of green. It was like super, almost lime green. And, and Adrian would just put it on and... You know, listen, the, the costume department, they can do so much yeah, before yeah. you go, yo, I'm wearing the hat. That's yeah. it. Adrian yeah, strong-armed yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, want, I wanted to see his hair on the beach, but Ken Connolly, I counted on as my, my point guard on the floor that's supposed to fucking handle those things. And he let I'm you late. down. He let one. me down. He <laughs> let me down. You know, I, I like the hat, but we got to get the red one. <laughs> we'll get a blue one or we got to lose it. Yeah, I didn't want him in a hat at all, but whatever. It's fine and it's it worked great. So you guys go to this art thing. There's a lot of exposition in the scene that gets out that Connolly went to junior college for a second or community college and trying to dramas, trying to like throw out his things, which I know watching it now, I was a big Cheers fan and I kind of kind of threw drama like a Cliff Clavin thing where you think you're talking about Jackson Pollock. I think you call him Jason Pollock, yeah, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and you're trying to talk about art like you know what's going on. And yeah. again, to me, it plays into the whole theme. These are, you know, undereducated street kids who go, who work on instinct, who don't fit in with this world. And Gary Busey is the extreme of all of this stuff. And when Turtle knocks over the the artwork, because these guys so are funny. fighting in the middle of a of an art display, it's pretty. My pretty bad, great. my bad. Yeah, and Jerry's Jerry's just fantastic. He looks absolutely terrified. And when Gary's look when he turns is just. Yeah, and we're going to see that look later this afternoon. How did Bu- where did Busey come about? I came up with an art thing, and then we just started looking for actors. And then they said Gary Busey, and I said something about that feels so mm-hmm. right. And then it turned out did Gary- you have someone else at first though? Another choice or no? You know, I think a lot of the times, especially at the beginning, it worked. I'd I'd write something and I'd write it as X, and yeah. then I talk to Sheila or or Larry or or Mark or whatever, and see who we could get. And Busey just seemed like an amazingly offbeat choice. No, nobody could have been better. Yeah. And, so uh, good. Yeah. And he has no idea who I am. So it's great. <laughs> I told you that's because you walked around with that. Doug did this thing for years, Dylan. I don't know if you remember this. Now, I will admit that years later, I do appreciate the photos. But I would tell Doug. Oh, the camera. I was like, yeah. Doug, it's going to be hard for you to command respect. You walk around and he would do this like weird flip thing when he would talk to you where he would like try to flip the camera over his shoulder. I'm like, I don't know. You look like the still photographer. Because like like, people tourist. would look at Doug and be like, who's this guy? Who's, yeah, I know. Who's this guy telling me what to do? I'm like, Doug, put the camera down. Put hey, your hat on backwards. The, and go get it's nice having space. those photos, though. Yeah. It's nice I, having those by photos. the way, I don't I don't subscribe to this whole thing that people are like, who is this guy? Why, who, why are we listening to him? The only people who didn't listen to me were my five fucking actors. That was it. Everybody. <laughs> else listened to me and knew what, who was in charge we and what did. was the right thing. We but, had to eventually because yeah. you were not going to let up. <laughs> so You were relentless. Uh, that weird, you did do that weird camera flip thing though, with your... Because you always had like lenses on and yeah, like if you were going <laughs> to lean down to talk somebody, you would flip your camera around behind your back. Yeah, it yeah. was funny. Yeah, it's well, great. It's a great it'll story. It'll look great on camera. It's great no, story. It's, let's <laughs> talk about kissing a fool. So how many, how many screens did it come out on? Oh, you guys. 2,200, okay? 2,200. Million three, all in. Literally, episode yeah, wow. six, we've talked about kissing a fool in four of the six episodes. <laughs> you know what? It's still... I'm yet to see it. I got to see this It's movie. still, by the way, because of... It all comes into entourage and some things that have to happen in this business for 
for luck. So, you know, what happened with that movie is it was offered to Mark and Steve Levinson was his manager and Lev basically lied and said, uh, Mark will do it if, if Doug Ellen writes and directs it, which was a complete lie because that was never going to happen. They hired me and then they're like, okay, is Mark in? I'm like, no, Mark's not in. Of course he's not in. So <laughs> Schwimmer, who's a move. huge star. I got Schwimmer, who was yes. amazing. And, yes. and, 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 you know, it, it, it worked great, you know, so, but. Probably, well, it's just a bold statement, but for that role, probably better Schwimmer. No, I'm not going to fucking say someone was better than Mark, but Schwimmer, you know, different. It's just, I'm not saying anybody's better than anybody. You said Schwimmer's better than Mark. I heard it. Everybody heard it. it, Well, well, I'll edit the episode. So people, I'm saying (laughs) people will hear what I want them to hear. Um, But I'm just saying like it it changes the tone of the movie. It it all, it all worked out. And, you know, uh, you know, again, and going back to careers, I started out, you know, uh, I was a comedian and I wanted to be an actor and you were pretty good on Entourage though. You know, I, felt- I saw that scene again, and you actually was looked I? really concerned when I threw the sides at you. I should have had a career in that, you know, but I, but I, maybe I said it before, but, you know, one time I got recognized at Fred Siegel for that, that someone said, you were oh, an really? extra in Entourage, no and, and that was probably the highlight hey, of my Hey, do you career. know that, so my buddy Chuck Pacheco, great if you know Chuck, you know. Yeah, uh, great guy, great yeah, guy. he's one of my oldest best friends. We were in Vegas, and we were walking. It was one of those things where we were walking from hotel to hotel, so we were out on the street. And he was behind me, and a car is pulling down, <laughs> rolls down the window and goes, Chucky! <laughs> recognized him from Entourage. From really entourage. didn't recognize me standing in what front of him. What did Chuck do in Entourage? He was like, money. yeah, Cameron's it. meeting with uh, about some some fish movie. Remember? Yeah. It was like, oh, Chuck, yeah, yeah. Chuck ended an episode at, uh, at Shelter, right? Shelter, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Chuck ended an episode at Shelter, and Chuck is, you know, a, a, a mogul now. I mean, yeah, he so, is. Yeah. You know, like, um, Chuck would not do that part today. He would no, like. Oh, sure he would. Yeah. Sure he would. Yeah, Chuck likes but acting. He, yeah. Hey, Dylan, you know what I was thinking, too? I forgot to tell I know we talked about this, and this was going to come up at some point. You know I read for No Escape. I auditioned. I didn't know that. We I mean, went maybe you told me at right, some So let's stage. set this up, though. No Escape comes out in... Wow, what, had, what was that, Kevin? That was the nine, uh, Probably 98. 93, 94. Was that no, earlier than that, It was 93, 94. Wow. And this is a big movie that, at one point, Denzel Washington was going to do. Yeah, yeah but when yeah. Ray Liotta did my it, I mean, it was a couple years after Woods. Goodfellas. It was a, it was a movie movie. It was yeah. no, like... No, no, it was a big budget. It was a big budget. And Kevin Connolly auditioned for your role, Kevin. What do you think about that? Well, I think I got the offer, so tough break, kid. <laughs> not, not <only> that, <laughs> Kevin says, yeah, I hate to bring it to you, but they offered it to me. So well, no, I was after seeing your audition, they said, <laughs> let's just go to someone we, who can do this thing. But um, if I, I would recommend Good to the audience that they watch it because I think it holds up and yeah, it's amazing it and it's it like prime Ray Liotta. Yeah, yeah it, it has the uh, the same art department that did like Mad Max and Road Warrior. And, and it's got that? a really yeah, cool vibe. Australia. Who directed it? Martin Campbell. Great director. He's awesome. Oh, He's done so some good. Bond films, right? I don't I know. He I made think. a great movie. Uh, Martin Campbell has directed, uh, let's see, he's Casino Royale, yeah. Legend wow. of Zorro, Vertical know. Limit, Goldeneye, No yeah. Escape. A bunch of Bond films. I know my yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, he's he's good. Me, he had me thrown off. Great Green guy, Lantern. Too. Do you but, think you guys have ever read for the same part at any other time? I mean, probably. I mean, I, mean, I that, that was, truthfully... You know, and if you watch the movie, Dylan, you really do. You really do look young. It was supposed to be yeah. it's supposed to be the guy that's on the island that's not supposed to be there. Yeah. He kind of ends up there. He did something bad, but he doesn't belong with this group of animals. And so he knows a, that Ray Liotta is his face. way off the island. They thought and I had too of... much edge and that you were a little softer. <laughs> you were too soft. Uh. You were too soft. <laughs> 
Oh, well, I like it. So, all right, we get back to this show because it, it does have one of my favorite endings of any episode. I mean, you guys, four New Yorkers sitting on the West Coast beach, yes. looking out at the ocean. Funny and, line. Yes. And I think Jerry Turtle asks, what direction is that? Yeah, he goes, Somebody. what direction is that? And I go... That's east, idiot. <laughs> and of course, uh, E goes, that's west, drama. Yeah, that's what I meant. In New York, it's east. Here, it's west. <laughs> uh, of course, well, e That was like a magic hour shot. And it was, yeah, it was it a was beautiful that, shot. We got lucky with that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was nice. That was, a, yeah. that was a fun episode, and that was our first beach day. Right, oh, and that was a hellacious day. If you remember, it was getting cold. It was getting dark. And, we were wet. And from, we didn't know if we were going to get anything. You know, yeah. and it was improving to no you, end. You know, so the Busey <laughs> improving thing, which you know, we'll talk to Gary with. We had no budget and we had no film, and this is when we're shooting on ten minute mags, and film was very expensive. Who directed the episode? Julian. Okay, because that was yeah. the one too with the really cool. Steady cam shot where Piven's car whips up and you follow him into the party. Oh yeah, we got we, we got to talk Wright's about that. Yeah, yeah great we, scene. Because we spent Julian and I, we spent a lot of time on that, and we're not. Uh, you know, I didn't direct it, so I, I'm not comparing myself or Julian. But that was our that was our Scorsese moment. Yeah, that, that was, was a great. That our was a great Copacabana, shot. you know, uh, Boogie Nights opening moment. You know, it was great. Do you want to hear yeah. something crazy that I'm going to confess to both of you right now? Yeah, I never, ever, ever watched the show. Until years later. No way. So I never watched season one until we were like well into season five. And I was so far removed where I couldn't be hard on myself. But I remember everybody talking about the music or I would see a rough cut. You know, whatever it was, but I started hearing about how great the music was. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what anybody's talking about. I just started allowing myself almost what you're saying, Doug. To kind of step back and just watch it as a right. as a fan, as opposed to just being hard on yourself, and you know, I don't know. It well, just... I remember you used to always sneak out for the premieres too. Yeah, he'd also... wait until the credits rolled, and then you'd go sneak out and you'd be in the bar next I would door. Be in the bar. Yeah, that's you, for sure. You just don't like to watch yourself. I just, don't, I just don't like it. You know, it's funny. The You're only... tough to watch, bro. Yeah, I, was about to say, <laughs> I don't like watching either. By the way, uh, I'm not the only one that doesn't like watching <laughs> it. Um, yeah. But when I did, he's just not that into you. I couldn't watch it, yeah. and like the head of the studio is like. How are you going to do press for this movie without having seen it? I was like, well, I read the script. I yeah, did it. Right. And they basically strong-armed me into like a, a screening room where wow. I sat and I watched the movie by myself on a screen so that I could that I could do the press. I don't one of those people I just don't like to watch I just don't like to watch myself. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah I mean I, I I always used to walk out during the premieres because I hate it. I love hearing the laughs. I'm the complete opposite. I love <laughs> I mean I used to love watching dailies back in the day when they had dailies. But if you want me to send you all the dailies of Anthros, I can send you hundred and fifty <laughs> DVDs. You also can too, Kev, you know that's that's a good thing to mention to the audience listening. Like back in the day when you did a movie yeah. At the end of the day, so you'd shoot all day long, and then you would go to some other room and you would watch film dailies. Yes. All the department heads would sit in, and you and certain actors. Something that you shot a couple days and, before. And it was touchy about whether or not the actors were allowed in there. Yes. You would sit in these rooms to watch dailies, and they would actually... It, it, it made everybody responsible for, for their department. Yeah. So if all of a sudden you had the wrong shirt on, you got exposed in front of everybody. So it kept really kept yeah. people on their toes. And they didn't the want actors in there because actors would start going, right. oh, light me from here. Well, or, that, or, or, start well, that actors, that's why they don't let kids watch dailies. And, and depending on the director, they're very specific about which actors they will let in there to watch Well, dailies. that's yeah. why it's a big thing now. And, and towards uh, our later years when playback was available, yeah. like I used to tell you guys, like we didn't 
didn't have the budget for it because yeah, the yeah. last thing on earth I was doing was playing it back on the set and listening to you guys tell me what you thought about it. And it does become another thing. Playback, is a, time, playback yeah. is a time suck. It is. And, and, it and is it's bad. just bad because you can't help but to want to see it. Yep. And particularly with this group of actors, yep. it would have just doubled the length of our days. But we I don't did know, it, didn't I don't we? know if I mean, you guys remember this. As a DGA member, actor, legally, by law, you have to have a monitor. Oh, really? You, you have to have a monitor. I have to. So if I'm in a scene, I have to be able to go and watch playback after, really? after the tape. Wow. The actor so, or the director? I was both. No, but I'm saying yeah, the but, actor doesn't have any rights, right? They're just like... No, the actor does yeah, not. But as right. a DGA yeah. uh, director, also an actor, by law, I'm a, I have to have a monitor right. yeah. on set. So, I, so the two episodes that I did, and exactly what you said, Doug, the two episodes that I did, after every take, there was a million people behind the monitor. Right. And well, uh, you, Kev, you're, some actors will, will watch it and kind of flip out a little bit and start changing things. I see it as a great opportunity to fix things and... And maybe uh, change things for the better. I, yeah. I think it's a good thing for. You're a pro, me. Kev. You you do it different. You do it differently. I mean, I, I could see not wanting kids to see it, or yeah. or there's certain people that you just don't want looking at dailies. You know, again, yeah. it, it comes down to if you have a director that you trust. Hopefully, you get to a place where you trust that they're seeing it. But because yeah. it is, it, it's a complete fucking waste of time, and it can it can cause serious problems. It's wild how the technology, even just during our show changed and it's pretty interesting to see how this was one of the first shows about a celebrity and this is like before tmz this is before social media and it was a real look behind the curtain of things that honestly nobody in hollywood thought would be interesting to people outside of hollywood and now every single thing a celebrity does is interesting to people so it's it's wild to see how it might have worked and that brings me to like just talking about technology because hey, i right. think it's interesting i mean dylan who who honestly was i don't think you had a cell phone the i first did yeah for well you never took it out no right? uh, kevin no, i didn't be, use it a lot don't be ashamed of this no this is one of my favorite things but this is one of my favorite things about you you don't need that i was doing a show called that's life and uh the cbs where they were like well, we need dylan we need to be able to get a hold of him in case something happens. Yeah. And, and I said, well, d tell him to get me a cell phone then because I didn't have a cell phone back then. Hey, Dylan, you remember Sheldon and they got Surrey's, me a cell phone. Remember Sheldon Surrey's house? So yeah. one, it was 4th of July, party in Malibu, beach party in Malibu, just like Busey at the house. beach. Yeah. And I'm in Malibu. I'm like, I got to – if Dylan finds out I'm in Malibu and I didn't call him, I'm going to catch it. I'm going to call Dylan. Yeah. Dylan, I'm here. He's like, oh, that's right. I Yeah, cross from Chelios. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll come by. Dylan comes over. We have a great time. We play some pool. We, we polish busted up, open his Johnny polish Blue. <laughs> off a bottle of Johnny Blue, and J Dylan blamed me. And, I couldn't lose in pool that night, too. Then, I, was, I was just on fire. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, I was literally two days later, Sheldon Surrey, whose house it was, former uh, hockey player, Anaheim Mighty Ducks, yep. calls me, says, uh, Kev, I, I think uh, I think Dylan might have left his cell phone here, <laughs> and I was like, uh, "When on Fourth of July?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Oh, oh man, maybe." And called Dylan's landline, and I'm like, "Kev, what's up? Yo, did you did you leave your cell phone at Sheldon Surrey's?" He goes, "Hold on a second. You know what? 
I haven't seen that thing around. <laughs> that probably yes, is mine. I didn't need Two it all the time. Two days Kevin went without a cell phone. By the way, that, this yeah. was in Well, if I'm going to golf, I turn it off 12. anyway. I don't want to see it. It's an amazing thing. It and, really is. And it, it's also upsetting that you let this CBS fucking show give you a cell phone because you wouldn't take shit from us. And I used to try to be like, how do I get in touch with Dylan? And it was impossible. Well, I had a cell phone. On you didn't answer it. You probably were No, no. Me. I don't want to always be found. But I mean, Kevin I mean, Connolly. That's, that's a fair. But Sometimes I, I want to golf. And if you guys call and say, hey, uh, we need you to come in, you know, I'm on a will notify. <laughs> I don't know how it works with you and Kevin Connolly, but I know if I don't respond to a text message from Kevin Connolly within 90 so seconds, it's like, are, are you fucking of, kidding? Pick up. You are so That is a true story. I, I have even messages about listen. that. I can't even listen to it. You're, that is lies, lies, lies. When Doug is going to send me something to read, I have to tell him to not send it to me until I know I can stop. Press pause on the world and read it right then. Doug will send you a 50 page script. He and gets in a half hour, if go, you don't read it, in a like, half what? hour, good he talk. He read it and he hates it. Good talk. You start thinking it's good talk. Well, that, Apparently that, you love it. That, I'm like, now I know, Kevin, you have a story with a cell phone problem. Which one? Which one? I've had a lot. I have lots of problems. I thought we were going to talk about. Uh, I thought we were going to talk about uh, a, a girlfriend romantic comedy situation that happened in real life. Oh yeah, jeez, yeah. This is a this is a doozy. But when we were talking, what what jar? This is Doug and I were talking about shelter. And Kev, do you remember the basement of shelter? Yeah, yeah. So I was saying I was dating Nikki Hilton at the time, and it was the gray Motorola flip phone, which was like the great phone. We had a fight, and we had a kind of a <laughs> semi breakup, and she was going to Vegas and I went to shelter. It was a Saturday night. I'll never forget. I was in the basement of shelter and whatever, this is Cordy, but I opened the phone and there's a text message. And in those days it took a long time to send a text message and it said, thinking of you. So I'm, this, you know, whatever, I'm a sensitive guy. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm thinking of you too. Come home. Let's, you know, let's work this. Let's work this out. Shut the phone <laughs> about my business. I go home. I had eaten at Dantana's. I had a a half a chicken parmesan in the fridge. I wake up and I look, my phone is full. And I was like, it's a bit above average. It's right? <laughs> like Zoolander. It's a bit above average. I go, but I don't think anything of it. I go and I get my chicken parmesan and I'm sitting on my bed, turn on CNN. I'm like eating my chicken parmesan. And on the ticker, the CNN ticker, Nikki Hilton married in Las Vegas. <laughs> no way. Yeah. And then I flipped open my phone and I saw that my message, because I was in the basement of shelter, it never went through. <laughs> that was like her telling me to stop her, I guess. And because wow, I didn't wow. respond, she got married, which was weird because wow. we still got back together. But that's another episode. while she was married or no. Well, I mean, she they, <laughs> she had like a drunken marriage thing with a childhood friend. It How long did it last? I've been there, like, bro. A week. <laughs> right. So, I mean, Dylan you know, got married in Vegas. I, I walked her down the aisle. Jerry was yeah. Dylan's best man. I, I wasn't there invited. Was an Elvis I wasn't involved. invited. Dude, weird. I wish I wasn't. <laughs> you wish I, wish I was I there. Instead of I wish I was not. Yes, well, I, I, I get it. <laughs> we live and learn. Uh, Nikki's marriage didn't work. She got back together with Kevin. That didn't work either unfortunately yeah, but uh usually how it goes for me. you know <laughs> it's been a lot of lot of ups and downs in the relationship <laughs> and, a, and a lot of that stuff a lot of that stuff we used on the show as well i mean so uh, well it's from, funny because normally you would hear that if that happened today i would have known through social media way earlier but right. it was yeah, yeah you know i mean think about it. i'm a kid from long island you know i'm a guy from long island i'm a regular guy i'm in a one-bedroom apartment on la cienega and across the cnn ticker my girlfriend got married it's hilarious now <laughs> All right, so wrapping up episode six, season one, Busey and the Beach, Kevin's story of like almost 
realizing his career is over ends with Ari delivering for you auditions, yeah. which I love yeah. about you. You're actually excited about auditions, yeah. and you know, yeah. He said, "Call Adam Davies and Johnny Drama's like, The guy's barely an agent, and he goes, "Barely an agent, just got you three auditions." So it was a nice little arc. He's all fired up by the end of the episode. And also, too, that was the start of you and Adam Davies. Now, Adam Davies did well for drama, no? Ish. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Didn't he well, get Vince you, helped out a lot by giving... Towns? Didn't he get you five towns, Davies? I don't think so. I don't know if he was still around by that stage. I, we don't really know who got me five we towns. We will see in a future episode, I guess. I, yeah. <laughs> would, auditions, now? would auditions excite you? Does that excite you? Do you get, uh, do you get happy? Do you if feel... You're, I, I'm afraid of him. Yeah, and I get excited. If it's something good, I get very excited. Yeah, you want an offer yeah. like where Connolly offers get me excited. Yeah. Offer yeah. where well, Connolly you got the offer Connolly, no escape. You know, escape. Connolly, sure. Connolly had an audition. Dylan got the offer. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, by the way, next episode we got Gary Busey coming in, and it's going to be Gary. I don't know what it's going to be, <sighs> yes, but I'm terrified. Me? Me? I'm That's terrified. my heart rate. It's driving me to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Another episode of Victory, the podcast. I'm Doug Ellen at Mr. Doug Ellen. Kevin Dillon at Kevin Dillon Official. Bam. Boom. <laughs>